Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. One of the things we talked about in your bio was that you are a champion for women survivors of domestic violence. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so that what I mean by that is just is speaking out, being an inspiration, helping women feel better about themselves and helping women feel better about womanhood in general. And then speaking at events, speaking on podcasts. I have a website, septemberburton.com. Um, I'm on Facebook and I post inspiring things. Poetry is one of the things that I really use to heal. There's a poetry book by Amanda Lovelace, and I just love this woman. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but one of her books that really, really caught my attention, the title of it is The Witch Doesn't Burn in this one. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, snap, like, I got to read this book. And so I got that book of poetry, and her poems are powerful. She's something else. And so I think reading about feminism, reading poetry, if that's your thing, doing art, you know, all of those different kinds of things bring you back to your creative side. And part of being a woman and being feminine is being creative. So I didn't know that I had a poet in me, but I started writing poetry. Um, And so that's been an incredibly healing thing for me because I just take those little memories, those little snippets, like the bruises on the legs that I was telling you about, and I turn it into a poem. And now, because I turn that into a poem, somehow it's not in me anymore. It's like the words, it's, it's there now instead of in me. So we all have, you know, different, whatever it is, creativity. Um, and so really getting in touch with your creativity is, I think, a very, very powerful healing thing. Everybody needs to be more creative. That's definitely, yeah, a huge part of helping women. That's awesome. Clearly, you know, you're going to have down days. You're going to have bad days. What are the things that you do to kind of get yourself out of those ruts and back into the cycle of healing? One of the things that I did when I was going through my first divorce was there was a a speech that a woman had given. I had just gone through a nutrition training program. And one of the speeches was a woman um, who was a very powerful woman And she gave this speech and I don't, it's funny. I don't even really remember this speech anymore, but I literally listened to it every single day. Some days more than once for probably four or five months. I mean, I listened to that thing. I should have it memorized word for word, but I actually don't even remember a lot of what she talks about, but it just, it helped me bring myself back up just a little bit, you know, because you just don't want to fall down into that depression. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel those feelings. You want to feel those feelings, but you don't want to fall into that deep depression. So just have other people's voices in your head. You know, let go of the the voices that are sort of in your head telling you that you're not good enough from your childhood or whatever, wherever they come from. If you have somebody else's voice in your head who is empowering you, who is telling you you're beautiful, you're smart, you are worthy, you know, all of those kinds of things, then it's easier to not have those, you're unworthy, you're not good enough voices. So just turn stuff on, 
you know, um, tell Alexa or whatever to turn on, you know, this podcast or another podcast that's uplifting to you. Anything that helps you feel like a little bit better is, is where you want to start. I love that. So what are you doing today to kind of continue this journey and then also prepare yourself to possibly come out of hiding and, you know, be this amazing woman that we all know that you are? Well, working. Um, I lose myself in work, which for me is a good thing. Um, might not be the right thing for everybody, but for me, it's a good thing. So definitely just focus on working, but my, my whole focus on working. So part of my going into hiding was we had stuff in the court system. I couldn't take my kids with me because it would have been kidnapping. I had to make that choice of, I, and I really, truly, you know, it was a choice of, are my kids better off with a mother who's far away or are they better off with a mother who's dead? So I had, I, I left. So I, I'm focused on this because this is going to heal my children too. Speaking out, empowering women. Most of my children are girls. I have five girls and two boys. So most of my children are girls. And I want the boys to understand how incredible women are too, so that they don't ever become abusers. Knowing that the more that I speak and the more that I share my story, and the more that I process my pain and heal from my pain, the better mother I'm going to be once I'm reunited with my kids. And I, you know, hold on to the hope that that may be later today. You know, I may be on a plane going back to my kids later today and just never letting go of that hope and keeping that there, knowing that because of this experience, when I'm reunited with them, I'm going to be so much a better mother than I was before because there's an appreciation that's a little bit different. There's a sense of, you know, just a sense of, I don't know, I guess it's easy to take your kids for granted and, you know, just sort of get lost in the day-to-day and the trips to school and homework and chores and all of that stuff. But one of the things that's really shifted in me recently is, you know, when you're going through these moments that are hell moments for you um, or experiences, you have those sort of pleading with God moments, you know, where you're crying and you're, you know, please just let this end kind of a thing. And what's happened in the last couple of months that I really started to notice is that those pleading with God moments for me have become bringing my kids back. And I will, I will focus on empathy. I will teach those kids empathy so that they can make this world a better place. And, you know, my kids are great kids. They're responsible. They're, they're wonderful human beings already. But I think that if I really, really focus on instilling empathy in them, then they're going to be world changers. They're going to be game changers. So, you know, I just, I hold on to that hope all the time. I hold on to, I look towards the future. I'm always thinking about how to make life better, how to, how can I improve? How can I grow? Those kinds of things. And I think that when you, when you turn it in that direction, then you're always hoping. And as long as you're hoping, then it's going to be okay. One way or another, it's going to be okay. Definitely. And I know we're, we're getting short on time, but one of the main reasons that women don't leave their relationship is because of kids. And like you even said, like I was pregnant, I couldn't leave. Right. So what was that process like of leaving your kids and knowing that they were in a safe environment and not, you know, are they with their fathers or are they in a different area and is it okay? Just kind of like that whole reassuring and just like talk about that, that part of it. 
that day was the hardest day of my life. You know, I knew probably about two days beforehand that I was leaving. And so the way that we planned it was um, it was their turn to go to their father's for the weekend. And, uh, and so on Friday, I said goodbye to them and I said goodbye knowing, you know, that I didn't know when I was going to see them again. And uh, that was hard. And then stepping onto that airplane, I had, thank God, I had women who were doing this for me in a sense. I had a woman, a friend who took them. We were meeting at the police station at the time because of all of the stalking and everything. So I had a friend drive the babies to their father at the police station because I couldn't hand them off. No, I just, I wasn't going to be able to do it. And then that same friend came back to the house after she dropped them off and she could see that I wasn't going to be able to pack my suitcase. I just couldn't do it. So she did it for me. And then she came back, you know, my flight was very, very early the next morning. So then she came back and she drove me to the airport. And I kept telling myself as I was going through this process, the tears will come later. Stay focused. You've got to get safe. And so I didn't, I didn't allow myself to let the emotions out at that time because I had to stay focused. I had to. So I got on that airplane and stepping onto the airplane itself was hard (laughs) and nobody could carry me across that, you know, Um, but I did it. And it's interesting because I've written that story out now and what that airplane represents to me as I was writing it out. And when I realized the airplane itself represents to me, is pretty special because it, it took me to safety. I'm alive because of that airplane. So, um, so that was kind of a, a special thing, but leaving them, you know, I knew that their father was never going to be physically abusive. He's not going to, he has to appear perfect to the community. And so I, I knew that I could trust that he wasn't going to physically abuse them psychologically and emotionally. That'll come later. It, I think it is there right now, but you know, there's only so much, I can't do anything. And one of the things that I realized was these girls are going to be abused by proxy or I'm going to be abused by proxy through them if I stick around. And I knew that best case scenario, we were going to get 50-50 custody and he was going to use them to abuse me forever. And he does, he still does. So walking out of their lives was kind of a freeing them from having to be used as tools for abuse. So I, you know, it's, it's hard and it's hard to even talk about any of this. And I know that I've got my critics and I know that I've got people who don't understand why I've made the choices that I've made. But at the end of the day, everything that I do is for my kids. And I was a very devoted mother, you know, when I was with them. And one of the things that I've just realized in the last couple of days is I'm still every bit as devoted to them. I still put every bit as much energy into them. It's just a different energy because instead of driving them to school and, you know, doing homework with them and things like that, I'm now focused on helping other people not have to go through what I've had to go through and hopefully helping some children in the future, you know, not have to be abused in this way and used as tools for abuse. I think that's really powerful. And, you know, it's, I don't have kids myself, so I don't, I can't even begin to imagine what that would have been like, or, you know, even say whether it's right or wrong, because it's not, you know, it's not my journey. It's not my place at all. But I think that it's powerful to be able to just have that insight into yourself and into the future of your kids. So I think that that's really amazing. Wrapping up, is there anything that you want to reiterate or that we haven't touched on that you want to let the audience know? 
I think just reiterating that every woman is special, every woman matters, and you deserve to better than to be abused. We all do. Take a look at yourself. You know, always be focused on yourself and are you being the best version of you that you can possibly be? And take care of yourself. Love yourself. You deserve it. I love that. And as you know, we've got a few questions that we ask every guest that come on the show. Uh, The first one is, what would the new you say to the old you? I think I would just say, hang in there. I don't think I would change anything about my story, which is kind of interesting because it's such an extreme story. I had to go through it. I had to in order to learn. And I think it's going to be okay. In fact, I know it's going to be okay one way or another. So just hang in there. Keep going. That's awesome. And then what is something that you recommend to the listeners to help them through a tough time? Keep turning on words and music that helps you feel better. Keep turning on the podcast. Keep turning on the empowering woman songs. Keep, you know, whatever soothes your soul, turn it on. Keep it on. And then a book, podcast, ebook, something that you would recommend to our listeners. I love the book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. That That is such an, a powerful book about being a woman. And the woman who wrote that, she's, I actually listened to it on Audible instead of reading it because her voice is so nurturing and so soothing um, that it's, and she tells the stories and she's a storyteller. So listening to her actually tell the stories and the the you know, the inflections and all of the different things that you're not going to get if you just read the book. So I listened to that one and she's actually got several others on Audible as well. One of the others is called Warming the Stone Child. And that's another one that's really, really powerful. That's one that kind of explains why you attract narcissists and how you can take care of yourself and warm yourself and give yourself that nurturing. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or learn more about you? So septemberburton.com is my website. Um, So you can always contact me through that. And then, of course, all of the social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, it's all September Burton. So feel free to email me, call me. You know, I I love helping and supporting women who need to get out of these relationships. So feel free to reach out. That's awesome. September, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I love your story and I think it's so powerful for other women to hear. And I just thank you so much for coming on and and sharing it with everybody. Well, thank you for having me. It's always an honor to be able to, to speak to anybody and to be able to share and inspire and hopefully uplift and help, help stop this in our society. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O thriving ATL, or online at 2thriving.org.